everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And I'm sorry to say, guys, I've officially entered the transfer portal, so I am seeking another podcast to join. This is bullshit because I just entered the transfer portal. I'm loyal. I'm staying with Go Tech Please Don't Die. I've announced. Oh, hell no. I'm trying to think of another podcast that would that would offer, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the highest bidder right now. Yeah, uh, we are even more down in the dumps than we had been previously when talking about football because the transfer portal opened officially this past week and a lot of Bulldogs have entered it. Uh, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, to be specific. Well, that And then also literal Bulldogs. Yes, it turns yeah, out actual, that it's very Bulldog. easy to join. You don't need to like prove that you're a human being or anything. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, over so 20, far, over 20. Yeah, so far, over 20 tech players have entered. Um, I really don't want to talk about this for too long. Let's name some of the key, uh, I guess, departures. I, I Tyler don't know. Grubbs and Trey Harris. Top. Yes, yeah, Tyler Grubbs, Trey Harris are the two main names that you kind of need to know have announced that they're in the portal. Um, some other names that I'm looking at the list here and the only guys who have really played a key role would be Kershawn Fisher, I guess. Um, some other names we've talked about on the podcast in the past include Keon Henry Brooks, who of course never really did anything at tech, uh, Harlan Dixon, which is very sad for me and Nathan, um, our, our slide L high Dixon is, is no more, I guess on tech, um, bunch of walk-ons and guys that, you know, maybe you've heard of, they play special teams, uh, Kyrie Morrison, Christian Archangel. I mean, I don't know. You see that number 20 and it's it's kind of rough. But what do you guys think? What do you guys feel in here two days into the portal? Well, I feel like uh, this is your classic lazy Gen Z bullshit pussy bullshit. That was wow. two bullshits. Yeah. I think they cancel out. Penalties offset. Yeah. Repeat the <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. But now, in all seriousness, I uh, all that inflammatory nonsense aside, I get it. Uh, you know, we had a little a little. I guess you could call it uh, rumbling that we heard that Tumby had basically told several players that they, I mean, you don't just go up to him and say, Hey, you need to enter the portal or anything like that, but kind of laid it out all on the line. And I, I guess after some talks and some team meetings, that's what led to players deciding they needed to look elsewhere. Uh, what, what, what really just sucks is the idea that these guys are being fished away by other teams, uh, more prominently well-known teams. Uh, Evan, we talked about this earlier where you had said, Tech's not a bad offensive school, so we don't understand why Trey's leaving. Uh, yeah, with a I be- mean... With a better quarterback, his production is just going to go up. So that one really hurts. Yeah, I think I think Trey Harris is the one that I think a lot of people have been expecting just based on the way the transfer portal is going this year, especially if it feels like it feels like the P5 schools are starting to really key in on like the, the playmakers at the G5 level and say, you know, hey, let's go talk to that guy. Let's go convince him that you know maybe there's NIL money for him at our school, whereas maybe there's not at his. And so, you know, the rumor out there with Trey Harris, and I don't know how true this is. We'll see where he ends up transferring to uh, is that like. Oklahoma boosters have been DMing him for months since, and I don't know if that's true or not. Right. I'm not, I haven't hacked his account. Um, but you know, if that's true, I, I think it's pretty disheartening to think that like any good player we have in the future is just gonna, you know, that 
with all the rule changes of the past few years, which some of it's good, some of it, you know, some of the effects are not so good. It just feels like, you know, maybe we'll get a year out of a guy like Trey Harris and then he'll move on to to Oklahoma or Florida or wherever. And uh, and that's just maybe the way it's going to be from now on. So it's pretty, you know, pretty a big bummer, honestly, as a tech fan. Yeah. And I had alluded to this a little earlier, too, that it's just going to potentially increase the disparity between those who have it and those who don't where these boosters or whoever can just poach whoever they want or talk these kids into getting in the portal and coming to their school. And it just hurts the group of five pretty badly. Uh, maybe not so much the upper echelon teams in the group of five, but it's definitely going to hurt a team like tech. It's definitely yeah. going to hurt a team like North Texas and you know other schools like that. It hurts the have nots and the have or have not here is money. Uh, tech has what the second or third lowest athletic budget in FBS football and has always been honestly pretty great about doing a lot with a little. I know it's, yeah. it's something that we've always kind of prided ourselves about, but there's only so far that can extend when the having a lot by the other teams has gotten bigger and bigger and ours really hasn't scaled anywhere close to the same way. Real quick, I want to play a couple of voicemails here that we didn't play last week. They're after the UAB game, but just to kind of get an idea of, of something real quick. Hey, GTPDD, Peyton here. So after this season, I think the the biggest thing that we need to work on next season or need to, like, recruit for and fix is our run defense. I th- and, oh, my God, we gave up so many rushing yards. It's not even funny. Jesus, that's bad. It's so bad. Hello, this is Joe. Um, we didn't get better at tackling all season. Um, however, most of the time, the players were in the right spots. And so I have hope that the we'll, we'll be hitting the transfer portal pretty strong, I think, to, to try and recruit some guys in to play defense because we just really didn't get much pressure on the quarterback all year. And so what I what I'm actually excited for is we're talking about transfers that are transferring out on offense for the most part. We have we have Grubbs, which is the big one uh, on defense, but then we have uh, Trey Harris and possibly some other receivers. But really, I'm excited for this because we need defensive help. Yeah, that's really our biggest issue. And we're talking about what we're losing and we're not going to see what we're gaining for a while. Yeah, But this transfer portal, as much as it sucks on January or December 6th, January 1st or whenever, come October, come September. I mean, even spring spring practice will be yeah. fun to be like, who are the who are the guys that Ben is seeing are contributing? Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, Nathan. I mean, right now it's easy to be down in the dumps because we're seeing these guys that we've cheered for and you know, represented, represented our university. Well, like Tyler Grubbs and, and Trey Harris have, you know, essentially say like, Hey, I'm, I'm done here. Right. Like I'm going somewhere else because I feel like I can do better somewhere else. And that, that just hurts as a fan of, of our team. Right. And it, you know, it's, it's easy to feel that way, I think, but like you're saying, Nathan, there's going to be, there's going to be guys that come in. Right. And, and, you know, some of those guys may end up being the next Tyler Grubbs may end up being the next Trey Harris. So um, and, and honestly, I not to really dog on Tyler Grubbs at all, because I think he's a great player, but I think he was a great player made even better by the fact that he was the only player that seemed to be able to tackle on defense for the two years that he actually had involvement. 
if we're able to replace him with someone who's also able to tackle and possibly two or three others along with them, then I I still think it's a net positive, even with losing your leading tackler from a couple of years ago and Tyler Grubbs. Yeah. And I also think there's something to be said, Matt, you alluded to the fact that, you know, Sonny Cumbie reportedly sat down with some players and told him like, hey, look, you know, you, you need to move on. Right. Like there's like you're you're eighth on the depth chart. Right. Like <laughs> read yeah. the room, you know, that sort of thing. And and we weren't part of those conversations. So we don't know if Sonny Cumbie was nice about it or not. Right. No, I, I specifically told players to leave. Yeah. They they called in us, the GTCDD yes. podcast yes, yes, to make yes, those yes. calls. But I think. This is just a fact of life moving forward now, right? Everyone gets a free transfer. You can transfer one time and play immediately. So this is a a part. There's now roster management in a new way in college football that there wasn't five years ago. Like you you may tell a guy who's a walk on, you know, or like partial walk on scholarship offer guy like, hey, we like the way you're developing. But like we're bringing in three kids at your position this year who are freshmen who are you know, going to be above you on the depth chart. Like maybe it may be time to think about transferring to McNeese state or whatever. So you can play and develop into the player that you can be. Right. And so it, it's not always like a get out of town. You suck. Right. It's like, it would Go be on, better. Get for out of here. You. We don't yeah. want you anymore. Right. Yeah. You've been Go white. On, get. You've been white fanged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in, in some cases, like you look at this list of, 20 plus players that have announced so far. And most of them are probably situations where these are, these are skip recruits that the new staff doesn't see fitting into their vision. And they're being honest and saying like, Hey, look, you can stay here if you want, but like, you're not like you don't fit what we're trying to do on offense or defense or special teams or whatever. And you'd be better suited trying to go somewhere else. So, I mean, well, I I just think it's part of the game now in a way that it, it wasn't before. There are no Cumby players on this squad, really. I mean, are they really? I mean, I mean there's uh, last year's freshman class and the transfers that came in last year, but even the freshman class were mostly yeah, recruited by Skip. Exactly. I was going to say he doesn't Cumbie have kept. Cumby probably has what a few players transfers. Uh, transfers, yeah. That's about it. So we got to yeah. see who he's going to recruit and uh, who his who his right and left hand guys are going to recruit. I will say that Diedrich uh, Latulus. A, uh, he is a La Tech football commit. Uh, he's a, a wide receiver. He just tweeted out about 10 minutes ago, uh, appreciate the home visit from uh, Jake Brown, who is the offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach for Tech. And uh, nice. this kid's stats, he's a two-time state champion. And uh, this year he had... <laughs> he had... 1500 all purpose yards. Oh, wow. Of which a thousand, a thousand of that 1500 were receiving yards on 61 receiving receptions, 18 total touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, that's, that's the other thing. Early signing days in probably a week or two. So, yeah. I mean, and I don't know. Like, there, there's some positives that'll come out of this. I think Nathan is, is what you were getting at a while ago. Um, we'll get well, new players to cheer for. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like, uh, Diedrich Latulus, uh, yeah. Diedrich Latulus here, a kid with 18 touchdowns, 1500 all purpose yards on 61 receptions, a little over a thousand receiving yards. That sounds like a comfy type offensive player, given his track record at TCU and Texas tech. So that that's the kind of shit I want to see right now. 
Yeah, for sure. And we also already got a another, um, I believe, a linebacker transfer from SFA um, announced that he's committed to tech. So, I mean, that Scott Power pipeline from SFA to tech continues, I guess. But this, this is a kid that was two-time all-whack, and I believe he won Defensive Player of the Year in 2020 in, in the WAC um, football conference. So, Yeah, and we're yeah. all very much noted Scott Power fans here. Yeah, so of course. The more players he can Power. bring in, what? the better. Scott Power is great. We all yeah, love it. His name bro. is Power. How can you not root for the guy? Great at what? <laughs> Calm down, Matt. Uh, <laughs> you open uh, this box, my friend. <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, looking at the names we're losing on defense, it's like, okay, Grubbs sucks. I would love to have Tyler Grubbs on my team any any year. But like looking at the defense from last year, I think the only other people you could say, like, man, it sucks to lose them would be miles Brooks, who, by the way, we are losing. He's declared for the NFL draft. Um, and like Willie Roberts, but Willie Roberts is staying put as far as I know. So yeah, I mean like getting a lot of turnover on the nation's 130th ranked defense is not necessarily a bad thing. And some of the additions and scholarships that we've opened up, you know, might, uh, might benefit us in the short and long term. So put Griffin Armstrong on scholarship, put your starting long snapper on scholarship, I've said my piece. Yeah, yeah, not biased there at all. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, no, and you're right too. Like, I feel like if you're starting a guy, put him on scholarship. That seems yeah, like just, a pretty straightforward move there. Yeah, he took every long snap. Come on now. I'm just also saying that we should admit that we have talked to his family at, at an event outside of a tech football game. So yeah, shout out uh, Armstrong family. Yeah, shout out they've been cool, family. but. Loyal Still. listeners and your son deserves to be put on scholarship. Yeah. I'll hear I'll hear no arguments. Yeah, but even I, I'm, even I'm looking, with you there. Even looking at like some of the names in the portal that we are supposed to be targeting, like there's a kid that uh uh what's his name? Katravian Hargrove from Rustin High who went to Mississippi yeah. State for a year and decided yeah. he he wants to transfer. So tech was uh tech was number two for him apparently uh last time around. And you know what? Maybe can't this wait. time will be number one. Who knows? Can't, and can't wait for him to come home to La Tech and then Clemson's quarterback comes to La Tech. Oh, hell yeah. And Let's then go. Go DJ Uyunglele. Let's go. Go fucking 12 and 0, win Kusa, go to the go to the playoff, get smoked by Georgia, but it will have all been worth it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go, DJ Come it. on. Yeah. I'll lose 85 to zero to Georgia if it means going to the playoff. <laughs> Fuck it. But anyway, yeah, there, there are that's some, enough, right? Well, I just want to say real quick that this won't be the last time we talk about this because players have um, a lot of time left to still declare for the portal. Uh, there's only 45, 45 days. days. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot a lot more that could happen, uh, as in tech players leaving. But there's I, I, I'm more excited about who's coming in, uh, than I am sad about who's leaving. I, 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 I really think Cumbie and his, uh, his coaching staff are going to bring in some good and maybe even some really great players. So we'll, we'll just kind of have to touch on stuff as it happens. Yeah. And you know, a team that has some great players right now, that's the basketball team. They don't have junior Lofton anymore who generational talent or whatever, but I really am getting excited about this basketball team. Granted, it's out of conference and we haven't really played a, a great team outside of that opening week matchup, Texas Tech. 
Played him well, though. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited. And this past game against Southern went pretty well, too. Uh, to jump into that real quick, because it's early and not everyone has watched all these games. A really quick recap of this one. Uh, both teams started out shooting hot, but then Southern quickly got cold. Tech goes on a 14-2 run to jump on top 19-10. The Bulldogs cool off a bit, then get hot again, going on an 11-0 run. And at halftime, it's 37-20 Louisiana Tech. After the Jaguars scored 10 in the first four minutes, it took 15 minutes for them to score another 10. That's all in the first half. The second half for Southern is a bit better than their first, chipping away at Tech's lead. With eight minutes left, the Jaguar deficit is down to 10, 53 to 43. But the Duncan Dogs respond with a couple of dunks and end up being able to weather the storm and win with a decisive final score of 74 to 59. Yeah, it was decisive, but I watched this game and aside from the uh, clock not working over and over again at the beginning... Uh, the only other thing that I saw that I absolutely hated way too many three pointers and worst of all, way too many missed three pointers. Uh, that was kind of frustrating. Uh, dogs went nine of 25 from three point land. And while, uh, Easton Willis was able to nail four out of 11, which isn't great. Yeah. All uh, four makes in the first half though. Yeah. Yeah. And went five of 16 overall, which is pretty awful. But uh, Kobe, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I have been on record saying like Kobe shouldn't be our leading scorer, but I guess I'm just wrong. Like Kobe is doing great as the as the like leading guy on the team. Yes. Uh, Isaiah Crawford did not play in this game. He twisted his ankle in practice. Uh, I think the word is he's going to be OK this week. Um, But yeah, I mean. Tech has decided basically to run Jordan Crawford and Kobe Williams on the floor at the same time, which allows Jordan Crawford to be the point guard and and Kobe Williams to uh, kind of play off the ball and and have a more aggressive mentality, like attacking the basket rather than trying to run plays and stuff as the point guard. And I, it's paying off. I mean, he's averaging what twenty points a game, basically. He's doing I don't know really. What his actual he's, stats are. He's but, doing really well. He's averaging eighteen point yeah. three a game. I mean, it's not bad, man. Like, that's that's I, I'm really fine good with Kobe Williams yeah. being the one. Honestly, yeah. the ball control has been great from him. It's someone that I want back on defense guarding the opponent's best player, which I guess you can play offensively shooting guard, but guard the one if you really want to. But yeah, Kobe Williams, I believe, is just straight up the best player on this team, and it shouldn't really shock anyone. Of course, that we should say that Isaiah Crawford did not play in this game as well. So yeah. it made Kobe have to be better because you're arguably your best player, or possibly your second best player uh, was not able to play this game, but it's still great things to see out of Kobe Williams, a player that we've seen great things from in the past, but he's keeping up. And I mean, he's got another year here too, if he wants. So <laughs> this is a kind of a rebuilding team this year, a team that's kind of finding their footing and it's very young. It's too early to picture next year, especially when we have a six and two record right now. It's not like we're bad, but I'm really excited to see what he does in the future. Yeah. And I think I think the thing that was most encouraging to me about this game, Southern jumped out and scored like 10 points in the first four minutes, I want to say. Yeah. And then Tech like completely changed our defensive approach and just forced them to take shots from outside. I'm not really that into basketball X's and O's to know what exactly we did, but whatever it was in that four minute, that 16 minute timeout, 
<clears throat> that Talvin Hester like dialed up some kind of change to the defense, some tweak. And I mean, Southern didn't score really at all for the whole rest of the, so the a couple first half. Things. Like, so a couple things you said, 16 minute timeout. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a 16 minute timeout. It was the timeout after the 16 minute period on the clock. Yeah, <laughs> it was the timeout s- itself was less than 16 minutes. You are correct. Which yeah, sure. The timeout was 16 minutes. There's uh, a lot okay. of commercials to be had on yeah, Fusa.tv or Flo, whatever. Love from Progressive was having yeah. a great day. Uh, I, I loved what I saw out of the defense, especially there for the, the rest of that first half, um, allowing well, you, 10 more points the whole rest of the first half. Well, if you had um, let me finish, I would explain. Uh, they just pressed harder. They pressed harder. I mean, that's. I think that it was a little loose to start out with, which is really frustrating because at first I was like, oh, God, we're going to have a close game with Southern. And then, yeah, I mean, I, my thought was uh, right off the bat, there was kind of like, man, are we going to be able to keep up without Isaiah Crawford? <laughs> yeah, like if, yeah, yeah. if this is going to be another 94 to 90 game, yeah, uh, that, and that would have, that would have sucked, but it's like coach Hester called T and said, okay, guys, uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. uh, let's take away that airspace quicker. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's press a little harder. And it, it went a lot better after that, after that timeout. But at first, I was just thinking to myself, oh, here we go. I mean, I really think the biggest thing here is not the defense, but it's the offense limiting the turnovers. Southern, we talked about this last week, was a top 20 team in forcing turnovers when they're on defense. Tech only turned the ball over 11 times, won the turnover battle pretty handedly. And when you keep a team that has relied on forcing those turnovers from being able to cause those turnovers, it's a pretty good night to be on offense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, didn't force a ton of turnovers either. Only 14 for Southern, but yeah, I mean, like you're saying, Nathan, we were, we were like bottom 20 in giving up turnovers and they were top 20 in forcing them. So I'll take it. 11 turnovers for, for a game is uh, not bad. I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. I believe it's our lowest of the year and I need to go back further to see the last time we gave up that few, uh, but yeah. one stat Kobe I do six know assists and no turnovers. Yeah. That's Oof. pretty great. Yeah. The other kind of milestone from this game is that it was the 31st straight out of conference home victory, which is a lot of qualifiers on a sentence, but it's a program record. Um, I, I think I very vividly remember the last time we lost a home game out of conference, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah. It was a ULL game, wasn't it? Yep. That's Uh, what I'm picturing. I was there for that. That was a lot of fun. Yikes. But that streak is not in jeopardy this week as Tech will play at Wyoming. So it's not a home out of conference game. And they're heading out to Laramie, Wyoming at 8 p.m. on the Mountain West Network. What is is that an ESPN affiliated thing or is that? Uh, oh, OK, that's, well, that, that, well <laughs> head to your local Mountain West, in the West themed bar and, uh, <laughs> and hopefully they'll have the game on. Um, yeah, so. Trip out west, kind of, kind of weird, right? It's a long way to travel for one game. Um, but random. yeah, Nathan, you have a you have a fun fact here about Laramie, Wyoming. What is that? Yeah, less so about Laramie itself, but the building where the Wyoming Cowboys play is called the Arena Auditorium, which is just a funny name Great for name. a building. It's an arena hyphen auditorium. It's just sounds it's like just what they named it in 1903, and they just haven't updated it ever yeah. since. Like, we'll, name, we'll give this a better name eventually. Like, yeah. like someone would give us enough money to rename it. Either that, or it was originally called the auditorium, and someone with the last name of 
arena, like George F. Arena donated a bunch of money <laughs> to name it the <laughs> Arena George Auditorium. George F. Arena. <laughs> um, sure, why but not? It is the highest by elevation basketball arena in Division One basketball. It is 7,220 feet above sea level. So uh, it's a bit has. high up there. Um, the other fact I have about this is that uh, it's also known as colloquially called by students the Dome of Doom. Man, I haven't heard that since I was in college. Yeah, that's the uh, what a what a what a fun name that is. I was just hoping for the Dimodome, but Dimodome, home of the Dimsdale Dimodome. The Dimodome is not home of the Dimsdale Dimodome. Bullshit. Dimsdale. Yeah, Dimsdale is home. No, of the, the Dimsdale Dimodome is home of the Dimsdale Dimodome. God damn it. <laughs> well, regardless, Tech Gosh, right now is ranked 125th in Ken Palm. Wyoming, who play at not the Dimsdale Demodome, <laughs> is ranked 128th. So a pretty even matchup here. Uh, that said, the Cowboys have a four-game losing streak going into their game tonight as we record, or possibly over by the time we record, against Texas A&M Commerce. But excluding that game, the Cowboys are 3-5 and five on the year. Here's where it gets a little interesting, if... The whole Dimsdale Demodome thing didn't interest you enough. The best win so far by the Wyoming Cowboys this year came over number 261 Nickel State, 79 to 68 at home. Their worst loss came over number 294 Southeastern Louisiana, 76 to 72 at home. That's right. Tech will be the third Louisiana team to travel to Laramie, Wyoming this year. Wow. Interesting. Did they just learn about us? Did they? Did someone finally like, took hey, that Louisiana. American history class where Thomas Jefferson buys the Louisiana Purchase and go? Oh, hey, we can play teams from there. Uh, have you guys? Have you guys ever been to the state of Wyoming? No, is it? No, but I've been inside of a square, so it I think it's about the same thing. No, it isn't. That is uh, a rectangle. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a beautiful place. I've been to Cheyenne. Uh, and been through Laramie. It's a beautiful place. Uh, I didn't realize it was that high up, but it makes sense uh, since it's up in the mountains. But I'm more con- I'm more confused at exactly what it was that. I mean, this isn't a money game or anything. I wonder why we scheduled each other. It's not like we have re- I, like. We're- I wouldn't be surprised if they'll if they'll be making a trip to Ruston next year or something. It's you know we're apparently comparable teams in terms of the. Uh, the Ken Palm ratings right now. So it makes sense to try to strengthen your schedule a little bit. And, you know, when, when you can't get a, a power five or a, you know, um, another powerful program to travel to you because you've won 31 straight out of conference games, uh, you gotta, you gotta take what you can get, you know, I suppose. I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't a money game. Wyoming has yet to play a true away game all year and they won't until they enter conference play. Uh, they played a neutral site tournament in Utah at Salt Lake city but other than that, have only invited teams to their arena. And so I wonder if it's something with the weather before it gets too cold, trying to get fans in the stands maybe or something. I, I don't really that's, know, but that's weird. it's odd. Yeah, you think that if it was a one in one, they would play the away game in the year that they have a bunch of home games already scheduled for out-of-conference play, but apparently not. Yeah, and the Mountain West isn't a bad, um, bad basketball conference either, so I don't know. But Nathan, what can you tell me about this team and their sort of play style? Yeah, on offense, they're a slightly above shooting team from both two point and three point range, but they shoot a lot of three pointers out of all of Division one basketball. They shoot the 11th most three pointers. If you look at the total shot selection of the team, 40 uh, percent of their points have come from three. 
Uh, only 16 teams in Division One basketball are more three-dependent offensively. So this is a team that I don't know how streaky they are, but a lot of times with these three-point shooting teams, you see it. If they are that dependent on three, it's either a hot or cold night, and we just have to pray that it's not a hot night for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I see here about their team is that they don't really allow um, they don't allow a lot of free throws and they don't allow a lot of offensive boards by the teams they're playing against. So it's not going to be a lot of second chance points and there's not going to be a lot of a lot of fouls here. They're 28th in free throws attempted per game and they're 31st in the they only allow 22.8 percent um offensive rebounds which is 31st best in the nation yeah but the other categories are slightly below average in you know, three-point shooting two-point shooting blocks and steals you know the the standard course they're slightly below there but yeah you're right they will not foul and give up those free throw shots and they will come down with boards defensively quite a bit so this is an interesting team to play because it doesn't feel like they're not really a true shooting team or a really great defensive team in the general aspects but they will shoot a lot of threes and they will not allow you to have a lot of second chance points and will not put you at the charity stripe too often. Well, let's talk about some of the players. Evan, do you have a player to watch in this game? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Hunter Maldonado, who's there. Um, he plays a lot at the three, four, but also uh, plays some at point guard. Um, but he's their, he's their starting four. Um, he leads their team in uh, points per game with 14.3. Uh, he shoots about almost 50% from the field. So not bad at 47%, but then he's also pulling down a lot of those boards that we talked about. He's, he's 329th in the nation in terms of his defensive rebound percentage um, and leads the team in that category as well. So he seems like kind of pivotal on both sides of the ball for them and uh, definitely going to be somebody tech's going to, going to need to, uh, to contain. Matt, do you have somebody? I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, with Hunter Thompson, a.k.a. Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, freaking tall, man. Six foot ten. Plays as a forward. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's a gangly guy. Six ten, two thirty. Uh, you probably see stalks of corn that have more physique. But um, he's the leading rebounder. No shit, given his size. Uh, not much of a scoring threat, though, it looks like. Uh, just, uh, I mean, if our guys can wiggle around him, probably be in pretty good shape. I'm not really all that threatened by these, by Wyoming. It seems like they're not a very good basketball team. Uh, can't wait until we lose now that I've said that. But uh, yeah, I'm for my player to watch, I'm going to go with uh, good old Hunter S. Thompson here. Yeah, the player I'm picking is Noah Reynolds. So Wyoming made the big dance last year. Reynolds did not play a single minute, even though he was a freshman on the team. He did not get subbed in or anything during their tournament run, which may have only been a game. I'm not looking that closely at it. <laughs> but he also sat out last game against Grand Canyon, and I'm not sure what he's doing against Texas A&M Commerce currently. But if he plays, they get him the ball a lot in the six games he's played so far this year, averaging 33% of the possessions that they've played that he's been a part of. He's gotten the ball and he's been coming off the bench too. So when some of our players may be getting kind of tired and we have to go to our twos coming off the bench, this may be a guy who's able to wreak some havoc and match up pretty well against some of our tired guys late in the game and get some shots down and, and other things like that. A six, three, uh, let's see what position is he usually play uh, point guard. So he'll be the number one. Uh, we'll see how he matches up against Kobe or whoever tech has at point guard in that position at that time, maybe Jordan Crawford, our own freshman. So 
this will be an interesting matchup to see is how well Kobe plays against him if they're sharing the court at the same time or if he's able to play well against our sometimes starting uh, two shooting guard and sometimes our backup point guard, Jordan Crawford. Yeah, Noah Reynolds currently has 14 points in their game early in the second half. Okay, so uh, he is back. I was, so wasn't sure if he was hurt or not for that. He's doing quite well um, as we record here. Um, Wyoming's struggling with, with A&M Commerce, though. So I don't know. This I guess I'll I'll jump into like what I think is going to happen here. Wyoming, like you said, Matt, that they're, they're not super scary. They've played some good teams well. They took Santa Clara to overtime. Santa Clara's uh, ranked 104 in Ken Palm right now. Um, lost that game, but took them to overtime. But then they lost to Southeastern, who's 293. So I mean, what do what do we make of that? I think this is a long trip for Tech. Probably you know as far away from home as some of these guys have been right and as high up at altitude i love what talvin hester said earlier today he he said he and his guys are not going to mention the altitude they're not making excuses they're going to go win a basketball game they're not making excuses um so they're not going to talk about how it's seven thousand feet above where rustin's at uh they don't they don't care about that they want to win the game I, i love that attitude and i i think that you know this is a group that has been playing really hard and it's a group that has some depth too. So when that, I'm going to make an excuse, right, uh, for that altitude and say when that when guys start getting gassed, we've got some guys on the bench that have been contributing so far this year, and you know I I think we can come away with the win here. So I think it'll be close, uh, maybe like seventy to sixty-five or something. Tech wins. I was going to go seventy-five, sixty-seven. Tech wins. Yeah, it's nice. interesting because if we look at the computer polls, Kempom only gives Tech a 39% chance to win this game, 71 to 68. Massey gives Tech a 47% chance to win this game, 71 to 70. <laughs> ESPN BPI is only 35% chance. So, I mean, that's two two predictions of victory from y'all, but I agree with what you're saying, though. Tech has won games, and granted, at times, especially at the end of the games, they've kind of struggled with closing the game out. But Wyoming, other than the fact that there's a 129 next to their name, has not been all that otherworldly. They don't really have a great win on their schedule. And yeah, they took Santa Clara to overtime, but they didn't win that game either. And if we're talking about closing out games, that's something that can also be struck against them as well. Uh, but this is a game that I think is, is going to be close, if only because it's being played at elevation in Laramie, Wyoming, in an environment that we've never been to before, and against a team that I don't think is great, but I don't think is bad either. And I, this is another game I think I can see kind of falling apart down the stretch. I think Tech wins by two or something like that. Uh, but I can definitely see losing by six or eight if we're just not able to to finish. And we have an ending of a game like we did a few weeks ago against ULL. Yeah, just looking at some of these key stats we talk about, like turnovers. Uh, Wyoming's about middle of the pack. They're 198th in terms of their uh, ability to force offenses to turn over. But they're they're giving up turnovers on 19% of their uh, 19.8% of their possessions. Tech is still number 19 in the nation at forcing turnovers. So I think that bodes well for the Bulldogs. The other thing that that jumps out here is Tech is very good at scoring where our effective field goal percentage is uh, 36th in the nation and Wyoming's defense is uh, 262. So we should be able to score against this team. Um you know, and can Wyoming either slow us down with, you know, forcing turnovers, which they're not particularly good at, or, uh, you know, score at a higher clip than they're accustomed to, to keep up with us. 
I think that's the question. And I, I think Tech's going to gonna pull it off here. Yeah. Well, that's not the only basketball happening on campus right now. The women's team is also playing. Evan, you want to give us an update on how the Lady Texters are doing? Yeah. So the Lady Texters played one game this past week over uh, played at home against Alcorn State on Saturday and won 70 to 59. So that brings the Texters up to six and two um, in their sort of out of conference slate here. And that game, I'll just go through real quick um, from the game notes uh, by Kane McGuire. He says game that saw a combined 45 turnovers, 46 fouls and 57 free throws. Uh, Tech shot 30 of 35 from the free throw line to keep a pesky Alcorn State team at arm's length after building an 18 point cushion in the first half. Uh, So I saw that Alcorn never truly went away. It's an 11 point win um, for Tech. But yeah, I guess that 30 for 35 from the line is really what what made it happen. Looking at the box score, uh, Keanu Walker and Analar Roberson both had 17 points. Um, We also had nice scoring from the bench. Uh, in this game, 20 points with 13 from Loda Sant, and then out rebounded Alcorn State 38 to 24 in the game. Um, so yeah, just a, a pretty good, solid team win from the Texters um, to bring it up to six and two here. Anything else you wanted to mention, Nathan? Yeah, well, so Anila Roberson had her 19th career double double this past week that passed Vicky Johnson and Belinda Jones. But yeah, 19 career double doubles for Roberson and Vicky Johnson was, uh, was a great player for tech in the, the mid nineties. Um, yeah, that's a name but, I recognize from before my time. Yeah. And that's pretty outstanding. And we've said great things about Roberson and Keanu Walker in the past, especially last year in tournament time. But it's just kind of amazing. And I know that the Lady Texters don't really get a lot of eyes on them right now. But there are two very good players on this roster that would have been starting even back when we were winning national championships. Yeah, these are these are great Texters that we have. And, and we've got two of them at once. You know, we've really, really throughout my time as a Lady Texters fan, we've had like one really good player now we've got two and, and it feels like we're starting to build around them a little bit, you know, getting a little bit of more action from uh, from the bench. And, you know, we've got some players who are really good with assists and players who are really good with rebounds. So I, it feels like this could be a good year for the Texters is all I'm saying. And I don't want to get my hopes up too far, but no, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what's up this week? Yeah, this week, Tech faces number 96 and Massey Vanderbilt at home on Thursday. December 8th at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. For reference, the Lady Texters are number 140 right now in Massey rankings. Tech is 1-1 all-time against the Commodores, but this will be the first meeting outside of the NCAA tournament. Last time Vanderbilt made the trip to Ruston, it was 2000, and Tech won 66-65 to secure a spot in the Sweet 16. Yeah, uh, Leon Barmore had apparently just announced that he was going to retire. And so if they if they lost that game, uh, they they would have that would have been his last game. Yeah, Vandy so far this year is six and five. They're coming to the tack, though, on a two game losing streak to East Tennessee State and UT Martin, which I can't imagine is like normal for Vanderbilt to lose to those two schools Um, in the ETSU game. They scored only 31 points, shooting 23 percent from the field, 11 for 48. 
Um, and also I just want to mention Brooke store said in her press conference earlier today that Vanderbilt has been dealing with injury issues and sometimes they've had to play with as few as eight people on their bench. So don't know what they'll be looking like on Thursday night, but this game is on ESPN plus. So, um, I will be watching and, and hopefully, hopefully some of y'all will tune in too, because I think this tech team is, is good. That SMU game I watched was obviously we ended up on the losing end of it, but they have a lot of fight in them and. I don't know. I think come conference time, this this could be a fun team to watch. Agreed. Yeah, outside of Middle Tennessee and and I guess Rice, Tech has at least a forty something percent chance to win all of their conference games, and usually higher than that. So this will be a tough game. But if the Texters are able to pull it out, especially if Vanderbilt's closer to full strength, then that will say a lot about this program, and it will kind of also go to prove that last year's tournament run and getting to that final game wasn't a fluke, and that's actually how good this Texter team can be. And so I'm very excited for that. Really, just basketball overall, and maybe just because I'm coming off the very low, low of football, but both men's and women's basketball right now is very exciting. Yeah. But let's go back to football for this week's Tweet of the Week. All right, yeah, so this week's Tweet of the Week goes to at Rivals Javi, or Javi Cardenas on Twitter. Probably Javi, but... Javi is probably right. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Anyway, Javi says they ranked Conference USA or CUSA 11 and 2. They ranked the CUSA 11 and 2 team higher than the Sun Belt 11 and 2. That is wild. Could have sworn. Oh, well. <laughs> and yes, UTSA is leaving for the American, and there's more at play here. But UTSA ends the season ranked in the college football playoff poll. And granted, they got kind of shafted when it came to the bowl game matchup and things like that. And that's nothing new. But. We talk trash about Conference USA, and everyone's been talking about how the Sunbelt has been doing everything right, but I'm going to take this W while we can. Yeah, always always down for some Sunbelt slander, uh, even if you're leaving our conference um, of course. For, for somewhere else. So always down for Sunbelt slander. Yeah. You know what I'm never down for slandering? It's our website, gtpdd.dog, because that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog website, thing that I said you should not slander, where the contest is over for this year. Uh, We may do a baseball one coming up pretty soon. The fantasy challenge is also over. That was a football-specific thing. But what's not over is the monthly shirt of the month releases. It is too late to get all the new Sure of the Months or the past Sure of the Months that we've released throughout the year, but we still have the new December one that only just became available. It's a fight song inspired shirt and sweatshirt, fight, fight, fight for old red and blue with a bulldog taken out of a very old yearbook. I really like this shirt and uh, I haven't actually gotten it for myself yet, but I'm about to because I, I really like it. Tell me, so you went you went and found a 1940s era uh, Lanyap, right? Yes. And found this like old timey bulldog in it. Is that, yeah. is that what you did? Here's the thing. I found multiple bulldogs. Oh. I found a football bulldog. I found a fancy bulldog wearing a top hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm listening. I found a bulldog with a piece of paper sitting at a desk, reading it with small glasses on. What? Are and these all like, are these all like, Little like clip art little guys. Yeah. They're all, yeah. They look exactly the same. There's another bulldog just wearing a sweater. These will eventually make them into merch somehow because they're out of the public domain and I'm absolutely using these cute bulldogs. So uh, keep your eyes out in future months. But for right now, you can get the bulldog wearing a cool little tea sweater, carrying a football and get that on a shirt right now because you should. 
gtpdd.dog slash shop. Yeah. Um, also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that as of right now, my plan is to be courtside when Junior Lofton and the Memphis Hustle play play the Texas Legends, I think they're called, the, the Mavericks-affiliated G League team um, on Saturday night. So uh, if you're in the DFW area and you're interested, those courtside seats are like $30. So might as might as well, right? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to you showing up courtside with your uh, Tech Bulldog November sweatshirt of the month, sweatshirt on, a bag full of sunflower seeds that you're just like tossing across the court to him, <laughs> powering him up and uh, making sure that the Memphis Hustle win that game. Yeah, uh, because you should also buy our sunflower seeds. What's oh, the, yeah. the promo code for that? Yeah, just go tech at chinookseedery.com there you go and yeah. you too can get sun you can get sunflower seeds to throw at basketball players apparently <laughs> <laughs> to power them up i, I don't yeah, know where I, you're going I, with that i don't but... really know how that logic works i wasn't picturing like an alley-oop situation where you throw it above the room above the rim and he kind of swats it down into the goal but i guess that's not worth any points but even though that's true you should still get the seeds with the promo code that evan mentioned at chinook seedery and until next time I guess. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Do we really want DJU? I mean, we only allowed 241 passing yards in that game, excluding that final UAB game. We gave up more than that in every game in the latter half of the season. Um, I happen so, to know for a fact that he was under the influence of Quaaludes. So, um, is that like a prelude? Like something that comes before something else? I don't actually know what a Quaalude is. I heard about it on the Wolf of Wall Street. And then I asked her. It was like her, a 70s. It was like a 70s drug, right? I don't think I don't they really even know. exist anymore. I don't really know. I just know that our the guy that cleans up our office on Fridays, he's lost a lot of weight. And I said, damn, Jeff. What have you been doing? And he said, Quaaludes. And he walked away.